This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Workcourt works on Brog and crossed it. Over! Oh, and he buries Mascala! Oh, what a thunderous dunk! They made plays down the stretch. Furman... Pulls the sword from the stone, and the Paladins are dancing for the first time in 43 years. Absolutely love it. Yes, we are officially in the madness of March with Furman. 43 years in they're going dancing. They beat Chattanooga last night. They're going to the tournament. Lots to get to. Hey, everybody, what's up? Jim Rodriguez here with a cast of thousands sitting in for Joe and Aaron. Paul Aspen will be around here on BetQL Daily. Hope you're having a good Tuesday as we get after. Hope the night was good as well last night. Um, good stuff to get into. Um, we've got some NBA to tell you about. We're going to have Brad Spielberger along. He's going to talk about some NFL from Pro Football Focus. And then from BetMGM, Christian Cipollini will join us as well as we get into the handles and all the betting that is happening around the league. And yes, indeed, we, we are ready to go. And Paul Aspen, I'm going to welcome you into the show, my friend. Uh, talk about Furman getting into the dance, my man. I mean, I can't. It was an amazing game. It was a fun finish, and I mean, they had a run. I mean, they had to go to West to overtime to beat Western Carolina in their second Southern Conference tournament game. So, uh, interesting team. They're not just going to be like a sixteen that you can automatically throw away. It looks like they are projected as more of a fourteen. So, one, you know, a couple different matchups could be a. Tennessee, who doesn't have their starting point guard anymore, or Gonzaga, who has a very powerful offense but very susceptible on defense, um, Marquette, uh, or Kansas State, who I'm a little bit more down on on Kansas State. Like that could be a tricky spot. So, figured we'd get to know the Furman Paladins um, now that they are into the field of 64. Pretty good offensive numbers 35th in offensive efficiency in the entire country. 13th in effective field goal percentage, so a very good shooting team. They take care of the ball. Uh, top 40 as far as turnover percentage goes. Second best two-point shooting team in the country. And they shoot the 13 most threes, the percentage of threes to their total shots taken. So they like to fire away from three. Great assist rate, so they share the ball. They could be a fun, interesting 14 seed to watch in this first round not to get way too ahead of ourselves or fall fall in love with a cinderella right off the bat but there are right. some things to point to look i i can't look at their schedule and be like oh look at this win i mean they they lost by 20 to nc state who to be perfectly honest if it was Furman against nc state again in the tournament i'd be much more inclined to look at a Furman. but then you look at that result granted first half of the season and they lost by 20 so can they actually hang 
with some of the more, you know, power schools. We'll see, but it could be an interesting thing. Love it, man. Yeah, I mean, of course, obviously the ACC tournament gets underway and, you know, it's it's conference tournament time as we make that march to the Final Four and starting the NCAA tournament. Lots to get to, and of course, right here on BetQL, we're going to have all the goodies. Now, let's also talk about some uh the pro hoops side of things. The NBA, man, the Boston Celtics, somebody needs to tell them there is no extra pay for going into overtime. After going into double overtime, uh, in a loss. Then they go last night into Cleveland and go into overtime in that game. And that was without Tatum, without Horford, who stayed behind in Boston because of the double overtime game. They lose this game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 40 points in the game. Uh, Jalen Brown did what he could with 32. And then you look up, Paul, and all of a sudden the C's you know, granted, it's just one of 82. I get you, but they've lost Three in a row, four of five. You almost wonder if if the grind is starting to get get a hold of them in Boston. Did you see how they lost? They missed two free throws at the end of regulation, and then missed the tippet after that. <laughs> and like, my man was talking smack about it too. Right? He said, "I'm going to make them both." He didn't make one. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not the place you want to be. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not over. Look, they're either gonna be maybe more than two, but like they're not. I have a tough time seeing them fall past the two spot. Um, and as a Philadelphia native, I know they're only one game up in the loss column on the 76ers, but I'm just, I can't. As long as Doc is on the sideline, I just can't buy them as a legitimate threat in the East. It just is what it is. Um, so I look. I think it's the Celtics and the Bucks, top two teams in the East. And what is interesting though, and we'll have to see how the play-in shakes out. And maybe the Nets drop down to the play and then the Heat come out. But if like Heat Celtics 7 2 in the first round, like that is, that's not the walk you want as a two seed in the first round. So something like that could be, I don't know that the Heat would necessarily get out of the series, but something like that, like the Celtics do have something to play for, absolutely. But that could be a tough first round matchup. Um, and just looking at it, like I want to be more excited about last night's win because, again, I'm a Cavs backer i'm holding a 121 ticket from the off season and i just know they're on this crash course for the bucks most likely eventually or the celtics mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. when i see them beat mm-hmm. a team like the celtics i want to be excited but they're missing a couple of their guys it takes them to overtime you do have that superstar potential with donovan mitchell how far can that get you is like it's that's basically my question is you know can that get you to a sixth or seventh game against the the bucks or can you actually win a seven-game series against the Bucs? I think it's more the former than the latter. But what is very interesting, J-Rod, and something I, kind of, I kind of hope continues. Like, I want the Cavs to keep home court for a potential 4-5 series. But when the entire world is going to be bing-bonging their way onto the Knicks in the first round in a 4-5 series, if things <laughs> shake out the way it's looking right now, give me the Cavs all day. Please, I would love to be on the contrarian side of that because you know, and I agree, it's better for basketball and better for the NBA when a team like the Knicks is good, competitive, and fun. But in a series like that, I would love to be on the Cavs side. 
Yeah, well, listen, Cleveland, they, they have been the darling for a while. They kind of ran out of gas last year. You know, now they've, they added Donovan Mitchell this year. Boston's still the favorite over at BetMGM to win the NBA chip. They're 3-1. They're, to one. they're plus 105 to get to the finals. Milwaukee right behind them, 5-1 to one to win the championship, plus 190 to get to the NBA Finals. I'm still hitching my wagon to to the Greek freak and Giannis. Uh, I think, you know, they've been there. uh, And and there is something to be said for as good as Joe Mazzulla's job as he's done, you know, stepping in in a weird, awkward situation. uh, There is something to be said about a rookie coach in the postseason grind, you know, not – no disrespect tenant, but I think that's what eventually will will get him. You know, we've talked about Doc ad nauseum, how Doc hasn't been able to get his teams over the hump, even with big series leads. Um, speaking of Doc and the Sixers, what has happened to that defense? They have been an over machine. They beat the Pacers last night in regulation, one forty-seven to one forty-three. Feels like an old school '80s Jazz Nuggets score. 147 to 143, they win the game. Embiid with 42. Harden, one assist shy of a triple double. He had 2014 and nine. And now Philly goes to Minnesota back to back tonight. All of a sudden, the Wolves, who are playing well, getting Philly after giving up 143 on a back to back. Yeah, I so it's funny. I looked at that. I started looking at the West last night, and then so the T-Wolves were a team I got interested in late last season. And obviously, even after the Gobert move, it's been a mess this year. Like, they're, they're barely at 500, but they're, like you said, they're starting to play better. They're looking at a six-seed-ish if they can stay out of the play-in. On the second leg of a back-to-back against, yeah, it's very, they're very intriguing tonight. Looking like they are a two-point favorite at home, short favorite at home. I mean, if you're expecting a similar defensive effort from the Sixers, that total of 230 might look pretty good. By the way, the T-Wolves, the thing, the surprising thing about the Timberwolves, and granted, Carl Anthony Towns has been out with an injury. They're hoping to get him back soon-ish. They're rebounding. You would think with two two big guys like that would be pretty good. It's at the bottom of the league. Offensive end, defensive end, it's not good. Their defensive rating is not what you would expect. So maybe we'll look at it a little closer when we dive into our full NBA segment later in the show. Maybe the over could be a look there. I would look to the Minnesota side if I was going to play one right now. Again, like high-scoring game like that. Second day of a back-to-back, and Minnesota at home as well. I do think there is a case to be made for the T-Wolves, but I'm also dive into the playoff picture in the West a little bit too. There's, there's, an, I'll just say there's an intriguing path. If the season ended today, there is a very intriguing path with a monster number on the Wolves. I'll just say that we can dive into it a little bit more. But I also got caught in this trap. Oh, Aspen dropping the tease nuggets on the old BetQL daily. I like that. I like that. Listen, uh, if you watched, heard, or listened to the podcast uh, of BetQL daily yesterday, we had our man Benny Heisler on, and he gave us a nice nugget to take the Blazers on the road, laying one and a half in the first quarter against the Pistons. That was easy money last night, Paul. Easy money last night. Yeah, that was a great call by Ben. Um, that and it, he had a lot of great insights. College, NFL. It was great having Ben on with us yesterday. But that was that was nice. So you know, in a first quarter, 
sweat and not even a sorry it wasn't even a sweat first quarter win like that to start the night it's just like all right let me go on without my with my night got some got a win in the books and go on from there so yeah that was a great call by ben yeah sweet benny ice all right speaking of a guy who's living life right now we're going to pivot over to the nfl geno smith i mean listen you've just got to be happy for the guy the guy for lack of a better word has been had been a journeyman bouncing around, you know. Ended up in Seattle after they trade Russell Wilson. You know, people were laughing. You know, oh, whatever this guy, he's just there. Goes out, my man. Wins comeback player of the year. Has an unbelievable season, and he gets rewarded with a three-year, hundred and five million dollar contract. Man, of which you know. 52 million in that first season. Geno Smith's making 52 million bucks last year. Great job by Geno Smith. You know, and now we're seeing now that, you know, the, the league year begins in a couple of, in about 10 days uh, and on the 15th actually. And we're starting to see those dominoes and, and, and a big reward for Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Yeah, and I, I think that was the right move for them. It's, you're hearing a lot of whispers, maybe not even whispers, that they are still very much interested in a quarterback with that five number five pick, which makes sense. Like, it's a ideal – they've got the cap room to mess around with it, and the way they structured the deal, it seems to give them some flexibility down the road. Um, I think if you're going to compete now – and they should be able to. They're still 5-1 to one to win the NFC West, which I'm very intrigued by because if they – and I want to talk to Brad Spielberger about this, like how great number. they need to – yeah, it's a great number, and how they need to construct the roster because defense was an issue. They were bad against the run. They were a little bit better against the pass. But, look, Geno obviously did enough to win comeback player of the year, start off really well. There's a little bit of a lull there, but – I think it was the right move for them. I, keep, I think that puts them in a mix in a weak a- NFC where anyone can come out of it. And some of their numbers are very intriguing, especially if you're looking at, you know, the just what they got to the playoffs last year. If they can get in, I mean, they, they've got a solid quarterback. They got good receivers. They got to shore up the defense a little bit. But in that division, too, it's going to be interesting, like, Niners are going to have either Brock Purdy coming back from UCL surgery or Trey Lance, right? That's not exactly a short-up situation. And, and that's a question. Like, like, the ball. When, when, you look, when you look at that NFC, today is probably the marquee quarterback in that division because we don't know what's up with Brock Purdy. We don't know what's, off, what's up with Trey Lance. They're both coming back of, uh, from injuries. Matthew Stafford? Another injury for the Rams. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray in Arizona, another injury. All of a sudden, Geno is is sitting, you know, top dog in that division. And that 5-1 to one that you called that out, Paul, that's, that's very doable. I'm very interested in that. I just – I want to see what else they have to do this offseason to, like, really – turn turn the corner from like okay maybe they can win the division and or get into the playoffs to be like hey in a wide open nfc they're one of the teams up there and a similar question about the lions i think both the seahawks and the lions they kind of surprised were kind of darlings this year their defenses needed a lot of work so what can they do there to level up a little bit 
Yeah, yeah, Derek Carr. By the way, we got the number. We broke it right here on BetQL Daily yesterday. Four years, buck fifty, with a hundred million dollars guaranteed for the Saints, who instantly become the favorites in that division. Let's take a break. When we come back, Brad Spielberger is going to join us. This is BetQL Daily presented by MGM. All the news is a perfect time to catch up with our salary cap guru, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He's next right here on BetQL Daily, brought to you by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.